The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! I'm making products for women that aren't going to the salon every three weeks or women who aren't spending $600 on their highlights. You know, so like, how am I going to be in Hollywood working with these celebrities, but then trying to sell my products to the rest of the country? Like, I want to relate to them. I want to get to know them. What are your issues with your hair? You know, like, what is realistic? So it's been good for me. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. That clip was from our guest of the show today. Fan favorite on for the third, fourth time. I don't know. We've talked to him so many times. Justin Anderson. We are excited to have him back on the show. He has been on the show, like Michael said, two other times. His first episode, he discussed family dynamics, which is super interesting. He opens up about having his son adopted when he was young. And that's episode 136. And then he's also been on the podcast with celebrity trainer Jillian Michaels, where we did like a roundtable situation absolutely amazing. And if you want all his skincare beauty secrets and scalp secrets, he literally teaches you how to grow more luscious, thick hair. Then you have to check out my limited series podcast with Dear Media. Get the fuck out of the sun. We talk about fighting inflammation, secret hacks for baldness and why men should trim their pubes. Taylor, I hope you're listening. On this episode, it's more of a conversation. So it's almost like Justin, Michael, and I are at happy hour and we're talking about all the things. So we kind of go everywhere. And it's interesting because we haven't caught up with Justin since he went on the show, Very Cavallari, since he moved to Nashville, since we moved to Texas. So there was a lot to go through as obviously we all met when we were all living in LA. And, you know, I think this conversation goes, again, like Lauren said, all over the place. It's well-rounded. We go pretty deep. We talk about a lot of different things. I think you guys will enjoy it. With that... Let's welcome our friend, Justin Anderson, back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. We have Justin Anderson in studio in Nashville, live for the third time because he is such a goddamn good podcaster. One of the rare people that we would travel on a plane to come and see. I love that. I love that. This morning, I was just telling Michael before you came out of the bathroom, uh, getting beautiful, that I thought this podcast today was at my house. And here we are in this great studio. I literally thought it was at my house this this whole time. I don't check my calendar till the morning of because I wake up so early and I check. Otherwise, I'll stress out days. I mean, I kind of know it's always happening, but I don't know where I need to be and what call and what time. We're, we're the same. I literally studio. just, t- uh, I, we, we looked at Google calendars and we were just in a car driving. I'm like, I have no idea where, I still have no idea where we are. What is your morning routine to get these muscles looking like they look? Because I haven't seen you in a while and they're <laughs> popping. They I are love bulging. that you're saying that because I'm just getting back into working out really hard. I took like a little time off. Like I wasn't loving my body the past year, which probably no one has been because we've been in whatever we've been in. Besides um, Michael, who doesn't have an addiction to food. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm working out really, really hard again, but I'm still doing hot yoga pretty much five days a week. And then I'm starting to like lift heavy weights again. I live in the space, like I thrive in the space of like lifting heavy weights. Like I could, if I could just be a big meathead bodybuilder, I'd be in heaven. Like that's my favorite, but clothes doesn't fit that cue. Like you said you wake up early. How early? Um, I mean, I'm up at, I mean, if I'm really honest, 4.30 in the morning. And I just like, yeah, I wake up so I can't sleep in. And I get that from my dad. My dad, my entire life could never sleep We've in. We've talked about this before. So I'm wide awake, yeah. But what time are you going to bed? So I, I get into bed, like I try to get into bed like 8 o'clock and I oh, usually okay. fall asleep by like 9.30. 
but I want to sleep until like 5.30, but I can't. So anyways, I wake up, um, I do my ACV shot every single morning. And then um, I do my phone right away, but I try and get out of the room, um, out of the bedroom. And I work on the phone and then I go to hot yoga and I kind of just go right into the day. I do weights after hot yoga. Um, I do the whole uh, fasting, the intermittent fasting still. So I don't eat until uh, like noon. So I won't eat from like eight o'clock at night until noon, except for lately. I don't know what's going on, but I wake up like starving at two in the morning. I'll go out and like have like a protein bar. Um, Weightlifting. Yeah. The harder I lift weights, I'm like starving in the middle of the night. It's, they say it's one of the best ways for anti-aging is to lift weights because over over the time, your bones get smaller and smaller, especially after your 30s. They say lifting weights will actually prevent aging. Are you Abs- morning sex or night sex? We are night sex. So Scoot is my partner. We've it been still together. counts as night because it's 430. It's like 430. <laughs> 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 no, we, uh, we are night sex for sure. I wish because I, I mean, I'm horny all day long because I'm a Scorpio. I'm always horny, but we are nighttime. He hates um, morning sex, but I could have sex all Especially day Especially if the morning begins at 430 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. If I, mean, I did that to Lauren, if I woke you up for, at 430 in the morning for that, it would. I, I love sex, but not 430 in the morning. <laughs> Kristen just told us we just came from her house podcasting with her. We came out to podcast with both of you that she works up at 530. No, Kristen and I are the exact same way. And it's so funny because I was just saying to you, Kristen and I text and talk all throughout the day. Like she's my best friend in the entire world. We never talked about this. Like we didn't talk about both of us doing the podcast today. So she just texted me when I got here and she's like, guess who's just left my house or whatever. I'm like, did you do their podcast right now? I'm like, I'm here right now. So I had no idea. But yeah, Kristen's a total more. We do so much shit talking at five o'clock in the morning. Like we get all of our like gossip in like, oh, what's going on with this? Did you hear about this? What, how are you dealing with this? Like whatever. We do it all like five o'clock in the morning. We'll, we'll have to do a, like we've done a round table with you before where we've got a few people. We'll have to do that we with, did you it with Jillian Michaels. Yeah, with Jillian Michaels. That That's the last one. time yeah. we did it. The la- I was thinking how much has changed since the last time we've had you on the show. And honestly, since the last time we like we all live in different places now. We're all in LA together now, gone. Totally. How, are you just loving everything? Like, are you yeah, just being out of LA? I, yes. And I feel like I have the right to be honest about it because I grew up in Los Angeles. I'm a total Southern California boy my whole life. Are you prefacing that? Because sometimes people get a little salty if you, yeah, like, yeah, people, yeah, and, and, I, us, yeah so. and I used to, I used to get mad when people would bash California because I'm like, California is fucking great. It's amazing. Like, what are you talking about? And I would get annoyed. But the past few years, I wasn't happy there. I was just like, this isn't the lifestyle that I want to live anymore. And it's a really hard life. I am so thankful for it, for what it did for my career, obviously. I mean, the working with celebrities, building my business, it was amazing. But I got to a point where I'm like, this isn't like the lifestyle I want to have. Well, I feel like we, like same with us, like we born and bred California and it, I, people sometimes get a little salty, especially people that are still there. It's just changed. And I can unequivocally say that because I've lived there my entire life and I could just, it's not even something you can see, you can feel it. It's just a different Hold place than what it was five years ago. I think that if you're a really, uh, if you're a person who's super in tune with energy and your intuition and people, and I think if you're someone who's worked in a business like you've worked in, I used to be a bartender for six years. So I'm very into like feeling the vibe. And when I got pregnant, I was like, pushing LA away. I'm like, get away because I'm pregnant. And like, there was like this intuition and then COVID happened and oh everything gosh. there was just cortisol. No, but it's if I- cortisol inducing. And I'm like, why am I spending so much money? Like you said, to live in a place that is not like sort of a sanctuary. That's what your home should be. Exactly. But if I mentioned 2010 to 2015 LA, like you, all of us can think back, like that was a very fun time. And like, oh, it was we're, the heyday. We're different ages, right? But it was just that time. And yeah. Like, it was fun for whatever reason. And it's probably been fun before that. But 
I can't honestly say that it's still like that or that you can still enjoy it as much as you used to. It's just different. Something switched, you know, and I don't think it's my age. It's not because I'm getting older. Like something definitely switched for me where I was just kind of like, you know, this doesn't make me feel good here anymore. I felt like every errand was the biggest deal in the world. Like if you're just trying to run errands, you know, like I got to a point where I was like, an assistant was doing everything. And I like running errands. I like to do things for myself and stuff, but you can't get anything done in LA. You know, the traffic. And then there's definitely like an energy shift. And I think, you know, I love social media. I think social media is fabulous, but I think social media changed LA a bit. I think that it like went from, uh, just, it felt like a lot of people were there for the wrong reasons, you know, and just the energy everywhere felt a bit off. So I'm very happy to be out of there. Um, COVID is happening still, so it's not ideal to go back, but I still get to go back for some clients that I love. And then I'll go back for a few like work things. But even when I go back, I, I want to get out of there. Like, I can't wait to get out of there. That's exactly how I feel. And I hope it'll change at some point because I want to love California again. I want to love LA. My whole family's still there. Um, you know what made it so special though? And I don't know if, if you feel the same way, but California was always a very accepting, exploratory, discover yourself place. And I feel like it's almost the opposite now. Like it Boom, is, 100%. It is not, it's not this place that's so accepting anymore. Like, it's you have to kind of think one way. And if you don't think that way, then you're kind of out an outcast. Like that's how I feel. And it's weird because that's not what California to me I is. I totally agree. I totally agree. It feels like the most not diverse place in the world to me at this point. It feels like everyone is the exact same. You can't have conversations anymore like about anything or even kind of like question things. There's no nuances to anything Nothing. anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it totally changed. How Anyways. has it changed your relationship moving here? Because when, when I remember we had a dinner at DP Hugh, the house, and I got to see you and Scoot together. And you guys definitely have different personalities. We're complete opposites. I think which it is seems why it to me, I'm just going to guess that he likes this situation better. He loves it. So from day one, when we met, um, I could tell him like, this guy's not going to last in LA because he just moved to LA from Ohio. And I was like, he's not going to last here. And about two years into our relationship, he tried to break up with me. And when we started talking more, he's like, I just want to get out of LA, you know? And, and I was like, you have to realize like, this isn't forever for me. Like I will get us out of here. If we end up together for the long haul, like I promise you I'll get us out of here. And so it got to the point where it was just time to go. So yes, we moved here. He's so happy here. Um, I didn't want to move to Ohio. So Nashville was the in-between. We really did move here for Kristen. You know, Kristen is my best friend. I've missed not living in the same city as her. So we talked about, it. I've always loved Nashville. And so we picked Nashville and we came here and absolutely have fallen in love with it. When you got here, did you do the show immediately or was that like something that just happened after you moved here? So we, I had been on her show the season before a few times. And then um, when we were talking about moving to Nashville, Kristen was like, would you at all like um, share it on the show or whatever? And I was like, yeah, let's do it on the show. Like totally, that's that's totally fine. And, um, but then it turned into a whole thing. It became like a whole storyline. Like we ended up doing the whole season and they brought like Scoot in obviously and um, and then it's like a contract happens when you're on every ap episode. So it kind of just happened naturally. And um, that show was such a trip because there was this talk, like I was going to propose to Scoot and the producers had caught wind of that. And they're like, please uh, propose on the show. And I was like, absolutely not. Like Scoot will kill me. He's such a private person. 
And then the more I started thinking about it, like it felt real, the show, things were really happening in our life or whatever. And then what happened for me is I remember being a little kid, I'm obsessed with reality TV. I love reality TV because I get, I love getting to look into people's life and kind of like figure them out. So when I was a kid, I loved reality TV more than anything. And I used to watch the real world and I would always get so excited about the gay character on there because I was a little kid. I was like, oh my God, this person's out of the closet. They're talking about being gay. And I was, I looked up to all of these characters. I can remember all the gay guys from each season. And then all of a sudden I thought to myself, I'm like, I have an opportunity to propose to my boyfriend on a TV show that the two stars are a straight woman, Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler, who's a football uh, player, you know? So the audience is definitely like this straight audience. I mean, I think it's fair to say it's pretty much like the straight audience. So for them to get to see like two gay guys who are genuinely in love and propose to each other. And I started thinking, I'm like, what if somebody's a big fan of the show, very Cav Cavalier, and they have a 15 year old son who might be in the closet and he's watching that. And he sees like this beautiful moment between two men who are in love with each other. I'm like, no, I've got to do this. This is such a, a great opportunity. So Scoot had no idea that I was going to do it. And um, I did it. He was completely surprised, but he's happy now. And he, he sees, you know, well, I think also when you just in that context, like obviously, like how could you not be right? Like you're just explaining it that way. That yeah. wasn't, I wasn't even thinking. I about mean, that it's angle. it's it's you're pioneering something. You're probably helping a lot of people. That's really what I thought about. Where it just clicked for me. I'm like, why the hell would I not do this? You know, what's the big deal? I'm already doing reality TV. I share my whole life on social media. You know, I don't feel like I need to hide any secrets. So I was like, no, I totally want to do this. What is it really like filming a reality television show? Is it is it like 16 hour days? Are you working all the time? Is it like way more work than we think, or is it opposite? If you listen to this show and this platform has taught you anything, it's that anything is possible. You can learn anything. You can grow into anything. You can become anything. That's why we love our partner, our longtime partner, Skillshare. I feel like the theme of this entire podcast is that you can create your own future. And even if you are working nine to five and you want to get out of that, you can utilize Skillshare to work in your advantage. They have every single kind of class that you can think of, everything from existentialism to learning how to post videos, to learning about reels, to learning about how to plan your Instagram feed. I have actually had the Skinny Confidential team go on there and take specific classes. Some that I'm really passionate about are the Instagram videos. I think distribution is so important when it comes to creating content. So many content creators just create the content and walk away. And the distribution strategy is so important that I feel like it should not be forgotten. And on Skillshare, you can really show your team how to distribute the content that you've created, or you can show yourself. If you have not jumped on Skillshare yet, I highly recommend that you do so. One of the first courses that we recommend to new users on the platform is a productivity course by our friend Greg McEwen. He wrote the book Essentialism. He has an amazing course on how to be more productive. I feel like it's a great launch pad called Simple Productivity, How to Accomplish More with Less. We all want to be more productive. This is a great one to jump into on Skillshare. And that course is on there ready to view, ready to go. And we'll lead you into more courses. Obviously, once you learn how to be more productive, you're going to be seeking out more avenues to learn more and accomplish new things. So they have courses from everything. You want to learn how to launch a podcast. They have something for you. You want to learn how to run a balance sheet. They have something for you. You want to learn how to use QuickBase or QuickBooks or any platform that helps you manage your business. There's something there. You want to get into a creative endeavor. Again, there's something there as well. So check it out. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash and get a one month free trial of premium membership. Wow. That's one month of a premium membership at skillshare.com slash TSC.
I don't know how to hold back, so I hope I don't get in trouble for saying anything <laughs> here. But um, no, I can I can say anything. It's freaking hard. It's not normal. You know, it's like I um, having a camera follow you around and kind of having to like hype up your personality or keep things going. Like it's not normal. You go when the cameras are down, you get so tired, like completely wiped out. And at that time. I was flying back and forth between LA and New York. Like I was going back and doing all my celebrity clients. Then we'd come home and go right back into filming. And then I'd fly out. And it was that for like six months almost. And um, so everything is kind of heightened. The one thing I will say is it's like, um, it wasn't my show. So it's like, I want to tone everything down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, I just like, I like to be a loud personality. I would share everything. I love a little bit of drama. If anybody knows me, like I would fight on TV in a second, you know, <laughs> like I'll let it all out. But I mean, it was Kristen's show. It was her best friend. So I always felt like I had that thing, like being respectful, like didn't want to overstep anything. So looking back on it, I don't feel like I was my normal self, but it you would have cool... been more, you're saying. Oh, I would have been nuts. I mean, I probably would have gotten in trouble if I like had my own show. But what happens, and be honest, when you and Kristen go out to dinner here? Um <laughs> admit it for real. No, you know Is it gnarly? It Kristen <laughs> and I are such homebodies and we actually do so much together. And it's funny too, like after the show. I stopped posting. If you follow me on social media, you know that I share like tons, you know. But um, I stopped posting Kristen and I together because it started to get like too weird. Like people were writing me like weird comments, always asking me about Kristen. They started like comparing us to each other all the time. And it got too weird. So I really keep like her private on my Instagram. Like we hang out like multiple times a week. We spend so much time together, but I never really put it on her Instagram. We're just talking to her. She's, you guys are best friends. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But when we go out together here, I mean, Kristen is really, really famous. Whether or not you're a fan of her, everybody knows who Kristen is, you know? So it's like here, yeah, there's a lot of people who are staring, but everyone's really nice. What happens in Nashville a lot though, it's like an interesting thing. I think there's like some pact that like people in the South have where they don't bother people. So we'll, I'll leave places and I'll get tons of DMs. Like, I just saw you. I love you so much. I wanted to say hi, but didn't want to bother you. Like people don't bother you that much here. But in LA, no one even comes up to you or DMs. No, and they act like they don't care what they'll talk about you behind their back. <laughs> Isn't it weird how each city is like different? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say, I mean, I have to be totally honest. After doing that show, it sh TV changes everything. TV puts you into a totally different place. You know, like I've always had followers on Instagram and people in the hair world knew who I was because I had such massive clients for such a long time. So people would know me in that realm. But after you do TV, it's a freaking trip. Like, walking through the airport, people pointing or just being like, I love you, Justin. And then I keep on walking or whatever. Uh, Scoot and I together. So yeah, when I'm with Kristen, I noticed a lot more. We, I saw you guys went to Nantucket, which we have to talk about later, but like- We, we like missed you by what? A yeah, week or we two? were there for like over a month. Sass. It's my favorite place in the world. Sass. We're buying It's the first a time we've there. ever been. So uh, Yeah, I, I wish we talked about it before. But like on Nantucket, it was wild. Like, cause everyone's drinking all the time. You're having a good time. And like so many people were coming up to us. So but my point is, is that's TV. You know, that's well, TV. Well, it's a small place too. It's like- you, Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Um, but TV changes all of that, you know, because it's like when you have a sh when there's a show on E, it's always on reruns. It's playing at some point, so people see it. But so. I feel like if there's anybody that is equipped to, I mean, you've been around, like Jennifer some, Aniston, Margot Robbie. Well, and also like Chelsea you yourself Handler. have publicly put yourself out there for a while. So I imagine like it probably yeah, while it's probably, you're amplified, you're probably it's. You, 
handled it fine, it seems. It has 100% helped all of that. Because that's not normal for anybody who all of a sudden starts to get recognized. And I can feel really comfortable talking about this because I don't think it's a cool thing. I don't feel like I'm bragging. I'm also the type that, like, I'm not going to put it down and play too cool. Like, oh, no, no one notices me. Or like, you know, whatever. It's a wild thing when all of a sudden people start to recognize you from a TV show or something. But being around all of my clients for so long, it taught me so much. Like, I don't take it seriously. You know, I, I appreciate it. I think it's cool. Uh, there's something about it that's like kind of humbling a bit. But yeah, being around celebrities, I learned a lot. Did you see an ugly side of certain things or people that you didn't see before you were on TV? Absolutely on social media. So it's a trip. Like on social media, like everything about like, I'm not political. I don't try and like do any of that. I'm just like, have fun, be positive, love everyone. And that really is my personality. Like, I don't have it in me to do the other side of it. But after you do a show like, do a show like that, the DMs that start to come in. And I think that people think that because you shared your life on TV, they are, um, they deserve to know everything about you. So the questions that start coming in or like they think that it's okay for them to have an opinion about you, you know, like which I never noticed before. Having followers on Instagram before just being a hairdresser was totally different than after the show. Like I think when you do reality TV, you're opened up, opened up to like people being assholes. Like, but it's probably cool for all of your celebrity clients and Kristen because now there's there's a commonality. You can maybe relate on certain things that you couldn't relate on before. It's maybe a, like a very helpful tool in your toolbox. Yeah, I'm so grateful for it because it's like, I want to try everything in life. Like, I want to do everything. So, like, I don't regret doing the reality TV show at all. I thought it was fun. Were there hard points? Absolutely. But I learned a lot from it. I think that I'm a stronger person because of it. But, yeah, the relating to people. Um, I don't think people understand on the other. I'm super passionate about the, like, be fucking nice on Instagram. Like you have no idea what people are going through. Everything in life is relative. I see so many people writing things like, oh, they're rich, they can handle it, or they asked to be in the spotlight. It's like, you guys, it all stings the exact same way. The other day, did you guys watch the D'Amelio documentary? No, I Charlie it. and Dix. It's the trippiest thing in the world. It's on Hulu, anybody listening, but it kind of shows the ugly side of social media and the way that people just feel like they can comment on anything. And, um, it doesn't hurt me that much. I have strong, I have thick skin and I kind of see where it's coming from. But for me, what bothers me is like, I didn't know people were that nasty and negative. I didn't, I didn't want to believe that existed out there. You, you, okay. You and I are exactly on the same page. He is completely different. He sees the world for what it is. Whereas I think it's like rainbows and butterflies. And I just can't believe well, that people would sit around and comment something mean to other people. Yeah. It's, it's not, like out of my ether. It's not totally. that I don't, well, it's not that I don't, well, maybe not that I see the world for what it is. I just understand that there's that element in the world. I right? didn't We're know like, that. I think you and Lauren like <laughs> want to believe sometimes that like it's all. I mean, I don't waste my energy on anything that's and, not you know, positive. So I just don't understand well, how anyone can, it's like, it's here, hurting them. Here's what I say yeah. on social. If you're a, and I get a lot of flack for this. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> Honestly, it's been too many episodes of just like re regurgitating. But, what happens on a platform, on any kind of social platform, is if you're like a normal, rational person who's in a good place, good mindset, happy with your life, you're not worried about what I'm doing or what Lauren's doing or what Justin's doing. You might like the content and say, hey, I'm following, like, I get some pleasure out of that. It's nice to check in and check out and then go back to my normal life, being a normal person. 
but there's a segment of people, and I do think it's the minority, that are in not in the best place in their life. And they take an opportunity to, for the first time in many of their lives to say, I have a microphone, I have a voice, I have a say. And so they're the loudest people. And what starts to happen is society starts to think that they're majority, that they're still a minority. Like if you totally go around in the agree. normal world, there's not a bunch of lunatics running around screaming it's in your face so angry about true. what you're doing, right? It's so true. It's just these platforms finally give miserable people that aren't happy with themselves a platform to be very loud. You can take that, like you can be mad at me for saying it, but it's the truth, right? Like most of these people, if you saw them in public, would never say anything to you. And if they did, we would label those people as psychopath lunatics and they'd be alienated from society, right? It's so, it's so true. It's so the minority. I think that it's given people a voice that didn't have a voice before. I mean, I say this in kind of a joking way, but I really mean it. I mean, if you look at your analytics on social media, like mine's like 98% women follow me, you know? So sometimes like when these women write really nasty things to me, in my head, I'm like, oh, this girl doesn't have a voice in her community or she doesn't have a voice in her family or maybe her husband doesn't let her have an opinion. So she wants to tell me all of her opinions, you know? And so you see it for what it is, but um, or yeah. she sees something in you that she feels she's lacking and it brings out Here's the crazy part, yeah. though, is the second you respond and give them attention, they're nice. Oh, they're your best friend. That's all they wanted. Yes. They just want they want you to, like, acknowledge them. And I also have no problem saying, like, I will talk to people in the DMs and I'm just kind of like, hey, what's going on? Like, why did you feel the need to say that to me? Like, what's really going on? And then we'll, it'll turn into a different conversation. I need to stop doing that. I've told you how I do that before. <laughs> and I need to stop because it's like it starts to get crazy, consume my whole life. But I feel like at the end of the day, people just want to be heard, you know? And I don't think people are just assholes because they're assholes. I think people are hurting. And so, like, for me, it's hard for me. Like, I am a super empath. Like, I feel feelings. I want to help people. So when I see somebody, like, hurting in a DM like that, like, I want to talk to them. I want to get to the bottom of it. And it always turns out to be that thing like, oh, no, I just, like, something you, I don't know. It always comes Well, that's comes why back I never, around. like, I tell Lauren, I never get upset by it because, like, just deploying a little bit of empathy. Like, once you have the framework of saying, okay, like, this person's not in the best headspace, they're upset, they're not happy with what's going on in their life, like, they feel, like, once you look at someone like that, you stop looking at them as, like, this mean bully that's trying to tear you down. You look at them like, hey, like, this is maybe somebody that's just not in a happy place in their life. So it's yeah. hard to be angry at someone What like are that. the good things that came out of the show? Tell us the good things. Like, what, I mean, obviously, your brand is crushing it. You have the collab with Kristen. What are some, like, really positive things. You've got to meet people. What else? Okay, so I first heard about June Shine's hard kombucha through my sister-in-law, Jordan. She was raving about it. This is like years ago at her bachelorette party. And immediately I fell in love because I already like kombucha so much. I feel like it's fizzy. It's delicious. It's not too sweet. But then if you add alcohol, I mean, like I'm in, I don't know what to say. And this one, June Shines, is made with real organic ingredients. And unlike other alcoholic beverages, they're super transparent about the ingredients they put in their products, which is why I really wanted to partner with them. I got to interview the founders and I just learned all about the way they make it. So it's like a better for you alcohol. And it's very, very low in sugar. This is really important to me whenever I'm drinking alcohol. I always like to make sure it is low in sugar. This one also is easy on the gut. It's gluten-free and it's full of probiotics. So I feel like kind of you're getting benefits while you're getting a buzz. It's known as the champagne of kombucha. They use green tea and honey as opposed to black tea and sugar. So you're going to get this really smooth, less acidic taste. How I like to drink it is out of the can with a pixie straw. It doesn't give you like a full feeling either like beer. It gives you a very light, bright buzz. 
The founders are very, very purposeful and committed about their brand. And they also donate 1% of all sales to environmental nonprofits. I love June Shine, and now they're delivering nationwide to your doorstep. So you get alcohol delivered to your doorstep. Yes, please. We've worked out an exclusive deal for all Skinny Confidential. Him and her listeners, you are going to receive 20% off plus free shipping on their best-selling variety pack. I feel like this is an amazing way to try all their delicious flavors. My favorite flavor is the blood orange mint. It's absolutely delicious. You're going to go to juneshine.com slash skinny or use code skinny at checkout to claim this deal. That's J-U-N-E-S-H-I-N-E.com slash skinny. This discount is only valid for their variety pack. Juneshine can also be found in over 10,000 stores across the country, including Whole Foods, Safeway, Kroger, and Publix. Cheers. I would say, I mean, the real simple part of it is just getting to spend more time together. Kristen and I, uh, we're the closest we've ever been. You know, we live in the same city. We spend all of this time together. And like you said, there's kind of like this, we have this camaraderie now because we went through that uh, period together. Um, so that was really, really wonderful. Um, also, yeah, I mean, I have to be honest, it did do really, really well for my business. When I went, when I moved to Nashville and we were doing this whole thing and then we did the show, I remember a couple producers on the show being like, this is going to help your business. And I remember my head being like, you guys are so full of shit. Like, what is it? Like, DP Hugh was doing really well before we were in Sephora, Ulta. Every influencer, every celebrity was talking about it too. Yeah, we had like our whole thing with the DP Hugh. We had all of my clients and influencers talking about the brand and stuff. But yes, when we did the show, I definitely saw it was like, oh, wow. You know, because it's like, um, but here's what I think that it is. People, you can't just have a ton of followers on Instagram and sell something. People need to feel connected to you. So when you share your life on a reality show, they feel like they know you. They feel like they trust you. And then if you come to my Instagram, I share everything. I, I don't know how to lie. I don't know how to sell something I don't really like. Like there's no way I could do it. I would laugh through the whole thing. That's you why know? I like getting you in this chair as you say. You yeah, say <laughs> yeah I, I can't do that kind of stuff. So I feel like... Um, I'm grateful for that with the reality show. Like when you open up your life and you share it with people, they they uh, they understand you. They feel like they're a part of your life. They trust you a bit. So it has been really, really good for me. I wouldn't say there's like any bad negatives. When I first went to do the reality show, like some of my biggest clients, and I won't name their names, but they're like, why are you doing that? Like, what if you embarrass yourself? What if something terrible happens? I'm like, first of all, like I won't, I don't say anything bad. You know, I, I have no filter anyway. Like, and I, I'm a good person, so it'll just show exactly who I am. But like, I was never afraid of it. Like, I wasn't afraid of the reality stuff. And nothing of what they said was true. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why so many people in Hollywood were like, "Don't do a reality show. That's like going to be the death of you." Like, whatever. And I'm like, no, it completely changed my life in a good way. And. Um, I also have the clout from before. Like I had a business. I worked with the biggest names in Hollywood. I wasn't going on to reality TV to try to be famous. I am Kristen's best friend. I did move to Nashville, you know, and I just happened to share some of it on a reality show. Um, but I wasn't going out searching for reality fame. Maybe also the type of show, right? Like it was like, I don't think people looked at Very Cavalier and were like, oh man, this is going to be a shit show. Right? Yeah. When you look at some shows. Like, I, oh, I, mean, I, yeah. I watched every episode. I loved it. Yeah, I really liked it. It was a good, like, feel-good show. I mean, yeah. I watched some of the worst reality TV in the world, and uh, I wish there was a bit more drama and something spicy, like, whatever, but it was a good show. And it's something that 10 years from now, we could all go back and watch and be proud of it. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool, where... Um, Maybe some other people... <laughs> I almost was talking. <laughs> Just, like, a really <laughs> quick tangent, because I'm obsessed. Real Housewives of Salt Lake. Uh, it's... Like every housewife besides Potomac, because Potomac, if you are sleeping on Potomac, 
Are you kidding? I talk about Potomac. I do like recaps every week. Okay. I love Potomac so much. Who's your favorite? I need to know. This is really important. Um, I okay. So I really love Wendy this season. So I think do I. Wendy's a badass. And why? Who cares if she wants to show her tits? Show also, her clit. That, yeah, no. Wendy is such a badass. She she has every right to do that. Also, when people say like, "Oh, she wasn't like that last season," shouldn't we all grow? I hope who we're not cares? the exact same. I hope we all grow. If she wants to come back next season as a nun, I'll like Make applaud it. her. Yeah, like, whatever. You why do you do? have to be the same? person all the time. I don't I don't get it. Like and that again, like that's something I get really fired up about because I'll start reading comments about I'm so passionate about housewives. But when I see people talking shit about housewives, I'm like, oh you guys are missing the mark on every level. The people that uh people are rooting on to, I'm like, oh you're rooting for the ones that are actually evil in person. I mean Lisa Rinna is heaven and people try to hate on her so hard. They're like I don't know. I think people are afraid of like. We just talked about. We just had Spencer on the show, which I can't. I love Spencer. <laughs> I mean, he's like my messy twin brother. And I think like you should hear how he says Kristen's the only billionaire out of the hills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he says. I mean, listen. I at, love while, that. This will come. It, this will be. It'll his episodes out before, when this will come out. But he was just talking about like you need the people like a Kristen or a Spencer or a Lisa or a like, Jax. Or a Hello, ja- you need these a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, a James Kennedy or like these people that bring, you know, they bring it to the show. It's because if not, Karen just, Huger? what are we watching? Oh, yeah. La Dom? Yeah, you absolutely need that. And that's also when I see like the fans hating on those people so much. I'm like, you would be so bored if they weren't there. Like, cut it out. You know, and a lot of these people amp up their personality, obviously, for the show. Uh, I'm super passionate about that. I totally agree with something that you said. And it kind of brings me to my next question. You said with Wendy, she came back dressing how she wants to dress and people are like, you changed. Like, it's a bad thing to change. And I think what you said about reality television, what I respect so much about what you did is you were headed in this direction with DP Hugh House and all these celebrities and influencers to do one thing. And you just decided, I'm going to disrupt myself and I'm actually going to move and do things on my terms and do a reality show. And I'm going to build my business and I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Can you talk a little bit about how that transition was for you? Well, this is something I've never talked about before, and I don't know if I'm going to make perfect sense of it because I've never talked about this before, but I really, really believe it. Part of my thing, I don't think that living in LA and working with celebrities and partying with celebrities and going to Craig's every weekend is relatable to anybody. And so there was a part of me being like, I want to be grounded. I want to connect with people. I love America. I'm a proud American. Like, I want to get out there and I want to talk to normal people, you know? And I felt like when I'm in that world of working with Jennifer Aniston, Gwyneth Paltrow, Margot Robbie, you get put in this different box. Like, oh, that guy's... It's unattainable. Yeah. And so there was a part of me, like, I wanted to get out of that. I didn't want to be connected to Hollywood and LA. You know, I was doing all these, like, um, hair shows where it was like celebrity colorist, Justin, and you get up on the stage and people are cheering for you and everything is celebrity questions. And it was like, that was cool at the beginning of my business, but like, I didn't want to be that forever. I didn't want to be a 50 year old man talking about celebrities and like celebrity hair trends. I don't think that that's the future either. I mean, I think there's a thing too, a lot of people are turned off by celebrities right now because they feel like they're on a, you know, COVID taught us a lot of this. It's like that whole thing where like, we're all in it together. And then they're and, like, yeah, they're, they're but it's like, but they're right not, they're on a different, and no, yeah. 
not putting them down, but it's sure, not it's just relatable at all. You know, it's like most celebrities don't leave their house. So lockdown was just kind of normal, you know, like they're there with their staff. Whatever. So there was a big part of me that like um, being here in the South, like I wanted to be around different people. The neighborhood that I'm in right now, like Scoot and I are for sure the only gay guys in the neighborhood. I mean, we live in like, we're in a suburb, you know, it's like all families around us. We are like some, we're the first gay guys that a lot of our neighbors have ever met. But it's like the conversations that I'm having with people and connecting with people in real different ways. We're not talking about money. We're not talking about movies. We're not talking about celebrities. It has been so good for me. It's brought me back to like who I always want to be like as a kid, you know? But I'll always have those celebrity stories in the Hollywood stuff. But um, that was the best part about it. And that's been good for my business because it's like I'm making products for women that aren't going to the salon every three weeks or women who aren't spending $600 on their highlights, you know? So like, how am I going to be in Hollywood working with these celebrities, but then trying to sell my products to the rest of the country? Like, I want to relate to them. I want to get to know them. What are your issues with your hair? You know, like what is realistic? So it's been good for me. You just articulated how I feel. And and now that I have a daughter, I don't really want her growing up, you know, in an area that it's so much about what you look like and what you're wearing. And that's what you're leading with. I think people through COVID are starting to realize that leading with your looks is pretty fucking boring. Oh my gosh. And it's getting so much worse. And I used to get into trouble a lot with clients in LA because they would ask me, you know, like, do you and Scoot want to have kids? And I would say without really hesitating, because I meant it, I was like, I don't want to raise kids in LA. So I don't, unless we were out of LA and this is years ago when we were back in LA and they'd say to me like, oh, you can absolutely raise kids. It's fine. And I was like, but it's not true. Like you can't, you send your kids to the school and then they go to school with other kids who might, it's just impossible to raise kids in LA. I really do think so. Sorry to anybody listening who's from LA, but it's like, it's a, it, it just puts so much more against you. When no, you I kids. started thinking about, we just, we say the same thing. And again, like, I don't want to make this shitting on LA forever, but like uh, my worst nightmare is to be part of like a PTA in some like hoity-toity private school oh. where like people are comparing what they're driving and like what grades are kids like. I don't like, I just don't want that. If that works for you, great. But like, it's, you know, Lauren and I both public school people. Like we don't, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare. And I think you nailed it on the head. People always give, I think they look at the superficial thing, like, oh, you move for taxes or the, this, whatever. And I'm like, no, it's so much deeper than that. Like, it's so nice to go and live in a neighborhood when you walk around people stop and say hello and talk what you're Dude, doing it's and walk your dog thing. or what Southern about when you sleep and there's no sound no sound there's at no sound. all we sleep my cortisol has gone down. oh yeah unbelievable i love it when we moved into our i've always had a fascination with the south since i was a little kid i, I just loved the whole idea of it when we moved here i mean Southern hospitality is real. All of our neighbors came over with casseroles, dishes, met all of us. I talked to my neighbors. All They're our friends. Like our dog goes over and plays with our ne- one neighbor down the street, you know, and we talked, we go to dinners with them, like whatever. And I wanted that. And I didn't have that in LA. The last place that we lived in LA, we lived in this really, the Sierra Towers. It's on Sunset. Yeah, yep. Like the most chic building in LA. We were on like the 26th floor with this like sick view looking down Sunset Boulevard. And at one point, I really was sitting in our apartment and it was like this insane, we were renting it from San. Sandra Bullock. We were in Sandra Bullock's apartment because we were trying to figure out where we wanted to buy our next place and never met my neighbor across the way. I swear we would open the door and I'd hear them open at the same time. They'd shut it to wait because nobody even wanted to talk to each other in LA, you know, or it's like you'd go into the elevator. They wouldn't even look up from their phone. And I remember I just had like a serious moment in that apartment. I was sitting there looking down Sunset Boulevard late at night. It's all lit up. And I was like, this is so fake, this whole thing. And where does this go? Like, and I always think about myself 10, 15 years 
with everything, my business, you know, my friendships, everything. And I was sitting there. I was like, do I want to be sitting in this apartment when I'm 55 years old, still doing the same? And it just, it wasn't fulfilling to me. And now I ride my bike down the street. I talk to my neighbors. Like you wave at everyone. I, for the first time, like impatient, you know, people drive so slow here. And now I'm just like, cool like life that's how life happens i I love and like i like people sit on both sides i think it's weird that they sit on like i am very proud to be an american proud to be in this country i love you walk around the neighborhood there's american flags like there's a disdain in some of these like metropolitan cities for for what america is i'm like you it's so delusional because you can look at what's going on in the world and like how how do you not contextualize and realize like you have it very good if you're Uh, living by the way not everyone has to think like that that's the beauty of where we live. You can love LA and love it. And that's great. And if you want to raise your kids there. And more power to you. Yeah, I I respect, I would never fight someone on that. Be like, oh no, like I'm like, I love that you love it. But for me, it didn't work. And um, I think that's the biggest, I mean, this is a massive conversation, but I think that that's what we're missing the most is not agreeing. Like, why do we all now have to yell the same thing at the same time? And if you don't, you're weird. I, on social media, I don't want to talk about politics ever. I never want to talk about politics. I grew up in a house where my parents said, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about money. You know, we knew what questions not to ask. My parents, crazy conservative all growing up. My mom had a picture of Bush in her car (laughs) on the wind, you know, and our neighbors across the street were very, very liberal. And my parents were best friends and they'd have conversations, never got heated or whatever. I just, that freaks me out also about where we live. People, they... There's this thing right now. I've, I've had so many smart people I know tell me like, you have to pick a side. And I'm like, well, every side has some relevant points. It's not like one side has no good points and the other side has no good points. Like there's relevancy on both sides. It's just, we're losing the ability to have nuances. I, we also right? don't have to do yeah. anything. And I How don't, I don't, I yeah. hate the idea. How about that? No, uh-huh. no, we don't I, have to do anything. Sure. I just hate the idea that it's like the us versus them. There's no room for conversation. There's no room for gray area. And then like, if you're not on one side, you're against the other side, right? It's like, right. that is a very strange and foreign concept to me. Cause the only way, like if, if I'm running a business, I'll just take it as a business or I'm in a relationship, it's impossible to be productive and have success with either unless there's disagreements and nuances and where you're talking through and finding the actual best idea, right? Totally. Or the best way to do something. Like if I went in, I'm like, this is the only way to do something. The only way I'll be in a relationship. Like if I told Lauren, it's my way or the highway. Like we're not going to work. Exactly. From a micro standpoint too, and this is something that I've wanted to say for a while and this is the perfect conversation. We have had people on this podcast that I do not agree with. People want me to take down episodes of people that they don't agree with. I've had thousands of DMs about certain people. I will never take down an episode because it's polarizing and you don't agree with them. And also that is life. Hello? Like, everyone needs to stop with yeah. this whole thing. Like that is life. That's the beauty of life. And you know? by like, the way, this, this podcast is a media outlet. And if I could go interview someone in jail who killed someone... I would because I want to see their perspective and their story. It's a media outlet. It's not saying I agree with a murder. Exactly. We've gotten to this point where you can't even post anything or anyone or do anything without someone being fucking pissed no, off. The, the oh, bigger yeah. issue is that people feel that they should be um, that they should be guarded from things that upset them. Right, like that, and that's 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 like not Demi Lovato. Re- it's not realistic. Frozen yogurt. Yeah, what it, like, <laughs> like that was like people feel made like, sense of everything to me. I'm yeah. like, bitch, come on. The world doesn't revolve around your insecurity. Yes, like, it's strange. Like I don't like if I, now we have a young child and like I want to equip her to deal with life. Right, when things come at her, I want her to be able to 
contextualize, say, okay, like, what's yes. the decision I need to make? I don't want her to be like, oh, I don't like hearing that, so I got to be guarded and shielded. Like, I want her to know what's actually happening in the world around her and then form an opinion. Totally. I totally agree. My thing is, though, is just like, when were we told that we all had to talk about everything all the time? You know, like, um, people who follow me are like, I'm so disappointed in you that you didn't talk about this topic. And I'm like, did you not see it 15 times on your feed today? You need one more of the exact same meme. I get, I mute everyone now when they're just the same thing over and over. You know who I talk to about, about real issues that I'm passionate about a lot. Trust me, you don't want me to start getting loud on social media because it would get annoying. I am aware. I'm a self-aware person. But you know who I talk to? Good friends. I call friends who are very educated on topics, you know, and I talk to them about things and we have conversations. You don't go to Twitter right away? Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to bring it to Instagram. I don't need to go to Twitter to do that. And I think that that is actually our problem. People are learning from Facebook. When people say to me, why aren't you talking about this? I'm like, why do you want me to is more of the question. You know, this whole thing where it's like, are you basing your opinion off of what I'm going to say? Or are you looking for me to get crucified in the comments? Because let's be honest, like our country is 50-50 on pretty much everything right now, right? So when you say something, you're pissing off half the people. If there was a topic that no one was talking about that I thought needed some attention, I'd absolutely come in and talk about it. You know, bring up, what do you guys think about this? Maybe we should think. But when we're all shouting the same thing all the time, it's not going anywhere. You're just turning everybody off. There is a world too offline. Like, yeah, (laughs) I like, I, I have, you know, I share probably 30 to 40% of my life on Instagram, but I do have another yes. life offline where I'm talking and sharing. I don't. I live right in the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for you to speak more, Justin. Um, and this is a topic that you and I have talked about when I've been in your chair. I think when you were bleaching me blonde, I miss <laughs> it, about self-awareness because that's a missing art. So every morning I have a pretty specific supplement and vitamin routine. It's not overwhelming at all, but one of the things that I have to have every single day is a probiotic. I think that the gut is absolutely amazing when it comes to your best immune system, digestive health, and emotional health. I've learned too much on this podcast about the gut to not pay attention to it every single day. I don't know. There's something about a probiotic for me that I think it just, it's one of the most important supplements. One of the things though that I'm specific about with my probiotic is doing my research. There are so many probiotics on the market that don't survive the trip from your mouth to your gut. And I know this because we had a microbiologist on the podcast and he explained it. So the one that I take and the one that I'm obsessed with that I give to Michael Zaza even tries it a little bit, like I'll sprinkle a little bit on her food, and I have my dog on it, is just Thrive Probiotic. This one has survivability, so it's going to actually survive the trip to the gut. That is very important. This one's also non-GMO. It's vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and free from anything artificial. So what I do with Zaza specifically is I'll mix a little bit of the probiotic, like I'll crack it open and put it in the smoothie. And then mine I take as a supplement. It's no big deal. It goes down super easy and it's very, very small and tiny. I personally think that the gut is like everything when it comes to beautiful skin, better sleep, and even easier weight control from what I have learned about it this year. I am very, very happy that I'm educated on the gut and that I can spread this information about probiotics. So if you want exceptional gut health and you want to feel your best, there is nothing like Just Thrive. They're giving you a 15% discount. So you're going to save 15%. Just go to justthrive.com slash skinny and use promo code skinny. 
I would recommend their probiotic and then get the one if you have pets. It's like probiotic for pets. I love it. Well, what do you want to know? Like, what what do we? What do you think about me? Stand or speaks to that. I think that you are very self- set me up is what I'm saying. I think you're very <laughs> self aware. I think that it's lacking right now, especially. Is there any maybe tactics or tips that you could give someone who feels that maybe they don't know they're they're not aware because they're not self-aware, but is there any tips that you would give for someone that needs to work on self-awareness? You've been the same since the moment we met you to yes. the moment. I mean, there's you've changed in, in ways and obviously your life's evolved, but you're the same person at the grounded. core. Yeah, I, um, I take pride in being grounded. I also don't take myself or anything that I do really seriously, you know, and I always want to make sure that like I'm very aware of who I am and I'm, I'm true to that. Um, but I'm also like, I'm just like, I'm respectful of people's feelings. I'm not the type that wants to go onto social media and start fights with people or like put up things that are going to like piss people off. And, um, I think that's something that a lot of people, um, are missing nowadays. You know, it's like, when you think about what Instagram really was about, it was for us to make each other feel connected and to make us laugh. And I think that what a lot of people don't realize that I try to do my mission and I'm not being cheesy because I don't need to sell myself here or anything like that as far as Instagram. I want to show positivity. I want to show kindness. I want to show listening, you know, like trying to give something, give people something to like make them smile for the day. That's what I contribute. If you contribute to loud messages about things that are political and you're passionate, that's on you. But don't ask me why I'm not doing it. Or don't say, Justin, I'm so disappointed that you're not posting about this kind of stuff. Because I really stand by the fact, like, do you think the internet's lacking that? Do you think we're not getting enough of that thrown in our face all day long? So when I lead with love, I think that that actually changes things. 98% of um, my followers are women, right? So those are women. They're not following me because they think Scoot's hot or they, you know, they want to date me or whatever it is. They're there for a reason. Like if I can show compassion and love, maybe then later when we're, if we're fighting again about gay marriage, maybe we'll be like, oh, I love Justin and Scoot. And I've watched this beautiful relationship between the two of them. That's going to change minds. I'm not going to go on there and be like, I'm against your religion, whatever. I don't know. I just feel like everyone does it wrong. When you like, you need to leave with example, be positive, be kind. Does that make sense at all? It makes total sense. And I think that what you just said is so smart. Having an intention with social media. I I know my intention whenever I create content is what is the takeaway for the person? And like, whether yours is love or whether yours is information or education or entertaining or aspirational or engaging, whatever it is, I do think it's important if you have a social following to have that intention. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like being self-aware is realizing also that not everything that's important to you is important to everybody else. Yes. Right? And like people get really yes. upset about that because they could be super passionate about a specific subject or what something that's going on in the world and they take it as a personal offense if you are also not as fired up or excited about that totally. topic or, or whatever's going on. And I, I find that very strange because we talk about being self-aware. I guarantee we could come up with 10 topics and rate them from a scale of one to 10 and we'll all have different levels of importance exactly. but we but i if i'm not being self-aware i'm like well this one issue if it's not as important to justin as it is to me then he is against me he's wrong i have to educate him right like i'm sick of people telling me i you need to educate yourself or like, or do better right or do Ugh, better. please well, yeah no. that is condescending because, uh-huh. what if it's i told you do better is condescending the most oh, important 100%. thing to me in the world more than anything more than anything more than any human rights 
is the well-being of turtles. And if you don't believe that, you're my <laughs> fucking you. enemy, right? <laughs> people will be like, you're a psychopath. But this is like, this is what happens is people get their ego involved and they start to say, well, this thing, since it's so important to me and it's so important to my friends, needs to be just as important to you. That's where you lose nuance and that's where you lose it's people because so you can't true. relate, right? We're not looking at it the same way from the same perspective. It's so true. Hate to change the subject from turtles, but everyone on the internet that I asked wants to know about your friendship with Craig and Austin. Is it real? Oh, Craig and Austin from Southern Charm. It is a very real relationship. I love them so much. You know, it's funny when Kristen and I first met Craig and Austin, we went to one dinner with them. I posted a picture because I post everything. And then all of a sudden it's like, who's Kristen dating? Craig or Austin? Turn us the whole thing fucking thing that happens every time Kristen's around anyone and I've learned it now it's like I don't that's why I don't post anything you know because it's like it'll turn into something but the thing with Craig and Austin we went to dinner for the first time together in Southern Charm I made the friendship happen pretty much and to be really honest I'll be honest on this podcast Kristen was like Justin I don't want to people are going to talk about it like whatever and I'm like no Kristen we need friends as adults and we need to feel comfortable (laughs) meeting people that are new and whatever so when we left that dinner Kristen was like how rad was that that we just made two really good friends we had things in common we had just finished Very Cavalier they were filming Southern Charm so we had all these connections best night ever like you know those dinners where you don't want to leave dinner you're talking so much whatever and then it turned into like a shit storm so uh, yes we are still all friends they came and visited us here they stayed at my place in nashville we've gone down to charleston we hung out with them now we're quiet about our relationship because if you talk about it these people are just weird about everything but yeah absolutely two really good friends that i've made in my adult life we're all really on a group chat supportive of one another but people make it weird and it sucks you know who my favorite southern charm person is a pat Patricia. Patricia. Well, you know, um, it's funny when people, I, I wish you guys could have come to my house on this trip, but I, my, I want to live in a house like Patricia. Like I am an old Southern woman at heart. Like her <laughs> house to me is heaven. Like I've always lived in like modern places in LA. And now it's like, I want to be Patricia when I'm older. Like that house is heaven. When we went, and you guys was, went into it. Well, she was explaining, we did a podcast there with her, um, which was trippy, but she was explaining, I think it used to, I'm going to butcher this and everyone from Charleston's going to be mad. I think it used to be the Charleston library or something like it's a very historical building oh, really? like and then obviously they got it and they redid it but yeah it's a pretty incredible place it's like a very old historical just like it's a just a fabulous building no she's incredible i've always been a fr- fan of southern charm watched it the whole time and so the way that the friendship happened was i um I love to support people on reality TV because I love reality TV. So if anybody that I like from reality TV puts out a product, I buy it, right? Like I'll buy everything just out of support. So Craig had his brand. I loved his whole storyline. I love Naomi too, uh, but they had their little tiff or whatever. And she was making fun of his sewing. So I was like, I'm going to buy all his products. And I do this all the time. When I like somebody, I'll buy their products. So I bought all this stuff. When Kristen and I got stuck in the Bahamas for like a month at the beginning of COVID, I was wearing his sewing down South hat every single day, like on the beach. So he ended up writing me. He's like, dude, that's so nice that you're supporting. That's how the friendship started. So then we started talking or whatever. And then um, we went down there. So yeah, I... I uh, forgot you got stuck down there that whole time. Yeah. We Why were was everyone so pissed about that? Is it because COVID because was a Because people want to get mad about oh. everything. And the thing is too, is like, okay, so we had this trip planned for... People need to realize that like... Kristen's every moment of her life is planned out because she has three kids with a school and a work. So we, so we had this trip planned forever. COVID was just kind of starting to this get- This is in Mar- like March, 2020? Yes, like okay. right when it was starting. So the, tri- the trip was planned. There was nothing kind of like don't travel yet or any of that kind of stuff. And again, I'll be totally honest. Like we flew private. We flew private down there. We went down there and we're there and we were supposed to be there for like, I think a week, right? 
Well, then they started talking about COVID. And remember, all of us were kind of like, oh, this will be a two-week thing. We're going to ride this two out. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah. <laughs> so we we were just like everyone else. We were down there and we're like, okay, let's just stick around. You know, like, we'll, we'll stick it out for two weeks. We're in this beautiful place. We're on a quiet island. Nobody is there. We're on a really private island. Well, all of a sudden, the two-week thing happened. Then they started, like, really talking about it. And it wasn't this thing of, like, race home. It's going to get weird. They're kind of like, you know, it's weird right now. But we were like, oh, one more week, and then it'll get better. Next thing we know, we're there for a month. And then they started saying, hey, if you don't leave now, you might get stuck here. So it happened very normal. And people start, online started being like, oh, what are these people doing down there, like, avoiding COVID? We were in the most safe place you could be in COVID. We weren't talking to anyone. We were around nobody. And we thought we were riding it around writing it out like the rest of all you fuckers. So it's like when you guys are calling people out, like we were in it too with you. We didn't know what was happening. So it turned into this whole like shit. It's not like you had a, a handbook on like what to do in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody knew. And then I also think it was like, people maybe assumed that like, we didn't go to one restaurant the entire time we we're there. We were eight in the house, everything like we we're there with kids. So we were in the best spot that we could be. And then flying private, it wasn't like we got onto a busy plane later. Like we just... You know, so it was just an interesting thing. But that was when I first realized, I'm like, oh, these people are crazy about everything. And I get it. You're sensitive. Like, everyone's sensitive about things. Like, I am being, I am sweet. I, but it was just weird to watch that whole thing go down. I mean, it was. Um, I also, I just <laughs> want to note that if you had flown back home, people would have gotten mad that you were, quote, oh, unquote. No there's winning. no way. Right? They, there's would, no they wanted you to get in a sailboat and sail. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Also, you know, I. They would have said you can't. They would have said if you would have traveled, they would have said, "How dare you travel during this? You could be like, right? You were, no, you were fucked And that is what I've learned the most this past year. You know, everyone's locked down their house. They're staring at the phone. Everyone's angry and they're mad at the phone. You, you'll never win, no matter what happens. Like you have to just stop trying to win. I mean, I even remember like we had a gym set up outside on that trip in the Bahamas, and Kristen and I work out every single day, and we're working out. And people are like that's so insensitive. You're just going to the gym and working out. And I'm like, there's no one around. Like this, I don't know. And, but, but I get it. Maybe How that, dare you yeah. take care of yourself? But in our defense at that time, no one really knew what was happening. It was all so new, you know, like whatever. Um, in the height of it, of course, I wouldn't just be working out on a tropical island. Like, what are you bitches doing? I'm on a tropical beach today. Like, but it was so early and all that we didn't know what was happening. It was weird. I have a question that I feel like the audience is going to love. And this is a selfish question for me, too. What is the trick to a fucking phenomenal blowjob? A phenomenal Well, this job. just took a turn. <laughs> but that's what the show is, though. It's Chex Mix. You never know I what you're going to get. I love it. Um, people are very bad at blowjobs, right? <laughs> like, I've had bad blowjobs. Uh, you don't want any teeth involved. I I think everybody's different. I like uh, there to be a lot of moisture down there, whether it be some coconut lube from Woo or but you Perfect. need yes, to get the endorsement. Yeah, yes. you need the yeah, saliva yes. in there. The hand movements happening. Um, oh wow, my Scoot's just so good. At, I are you a gonna, ball person? I don't want much going on with my ball. Oh, Michael's a ball that. person. Yeah, I think to each his own. Yeah, and nothing makes me uncomfortable. I just uncomfortable about sex talks. I wish I had like better like tips or whatever. Like, um, I need to go back and read Lisa Rinna's book where she talks about the perfect the coin. It, does she? Do you coin it? So you take your finger and you put it um at the tip of your thumb and you squeeze slightly but not too tight and you twist as you coin while you're grabbing the balls. I don't mean to brag. Listen, there's a reason she got. Am the I ring, a ten? Right? <laughs> and then Weston just gave me such a good tip. Weston's out there blowing guys. Weston told me <laughs> that his um, ex girlfriend looked at him and said, "Jack yourself off while I lick your balls." 
Oh my God. Well, here's the thing. The fact that you're even asking means that you probably, you care. So you're probably going to give a good blowjob. And the same thing with a guy, a guy should ask questions about like, what's the best way to go down on a woman? Like you should care. You need to put the work into it. I feel like a lot of people I find just- it strange when people say like, like they shut that area down. I'm like, well, like you're limiting yourself because there's going to be certain activities that you preclude yourself from that are going to be limiting once you, once someone's making a final decision. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you're just, yeah. Like, and- if you're like, Hey, I'm shutting that door. Cause I don't like it. I'm like, well, there's many that have that door open. So we, you might have just, <laughs> if it was a game show, you might have just X'd yourself off the show. Right. Sex is so important. I think it's, so, I love sex more than anything. I mean, I am a true Scorpio. Like, <laughs> I love sex so much. As you guys know, Lauren and I have been on this fitness wellness kick for a while now, approaching 70 days, no alcohol, daily movement, being active, eating well. Because I think after the year that we just had, obviously health has been at the forefront of all of our conversations and thoughts and just taking care of yourself is extremely important as we've seen. Here's something that we're excited to talk about, a new partnership with Fight Camp. If you guys have been following us over the pandemic and over the last few years, we have been boxing a lot. I, you know, Many of you know I grew up boxing. I think it's one of the most incredible workouts for staying in shape, for keeping your cardio up, for keeping your mind sharp. Lauren Boy, got in. your muscles look good. My muscles look wow, good. Wow, me out. But also even for, for you, like, Lauren just started boxing this last year. What do you think of it? I'm obsessed with boxing. And during the pandemic, we couldn't get out as much as possible. So when Fight Camp sent us this at-home boxing situation, I was obsessed. And I'm not going to lie. One of the things I love about their at-home boxing gym is it's white. We put ours in our garage. And all I have to do is go outside with my matching white Fight Camp boxing gloves. And I can just work out in my garage. Super easy. Here's the thing. People get frustrated with working out and fitness and staying in shape because they plateau. A lot of people don't talk about this. They plateau because they do the same thing over and over again. Maybe you're doing cycling all the time and you're starting to plateau and not get results. Adding in something like boxing is incredible because it's going to get your body guessing again. It's going to start getting you results that you haven't seen before. It's There's thousands of classes online if you're new, if you're intermediate, if you're just getting started that can teach you. They're quick workouts. You can jump right in. And not to mention, it's extremely important for brain development and brain fitness. Boxing makes you think. One of my favorite things about Fight Camp though is you can get a killer workout in 20 minutes. That is very important. Now is the best time to get your fight camp. Take advantage of their holiday deal going on now. If you purchase this November, you're going to get an additional pair of gloves for free. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash skinny to get an additional pair of gloves for free all November. You're going to go to joinfightcamp.com slash skinny. Joinfightcamp.com slash skinny. I recommend the whole white setup. It's so cute and looks very nice in the home. And you said you're a nighttime sex person. Mm-hmm. Any- well, because I have to be because of Scoot. I mean, I could do it. I love middle of the day sex. I love when you're like walking by in the kitchen, you kind of catch eyes and it's like, you can go in there. Like that's the hottest sex of the world to be like unexpected. I, I love it too. I love, I-, I told Michael, I could have sex every single day. Yeah, yeah, she could. But you know what? I'm not like that with everyone. Like I'm not uh, with Michael. <laughs> If Michael and I weren't together, <laughs> no, if Michael and I weren't together, I'm I'm not into one night stands because I'll tell you why. You don't know each other's no, body. No, it's not hot. No, like, yeah. It's not, it's, it's, it's always like a disappointment, I mm-hmm. feel like. Scoot and I had chemistry right away, but like our sex, like the longer we're together, it just gets better and better, you know? And um, yeah, because you learn about each other's body and all that. Was kind this of stuff. in Very Cavallari? No, we didn't get to talk about any of that stuff. I was so tame on that. When I watched it, I'm like, who is that guy? I want to be sappy. What do you love about Scoop? I 
love that man so much. And um, I'm not like, I know I'm a hopeless romantic and I love being in love. I've been in two really long relationships back to back in my adult life. So it's been Scoot and then my ex Bob who are still friends. Um, but Scoot, everything about love made sense once I met Scoot. I mean, he, to this day, like he's the best listener. He's so patient. He is the kindest person I've ever met in my entire life. But for me, what changed it for me is uh, love languages are massive. And I think that if anybody doesn't know what their love language, you need to go and figure it out right now because I feel like that's how you should, your relationship should go off of that. I am uh, acts of service and I'd never had anybody just like selfish, selflessly do things for me and be comfortable with it. Like Scoot takes care of me like nobody else. And he says things to me that people that no one has ever said to me before that I feel so safe with him where Scoot says things like, Justin, you work so hard, you deserve a day off. Or you're so kind, you take such good care of other people, like let people take care of you. Where I grew up in a house where my mom was the type, she had four kids, she did the best that she could. But my mom was like, like if I was sick, she's like, you're not sick, go to school. You know, So I never felt that like real, like I didn't feel nurtured or taken care of. So as an adult, that was an issue for me. I didn't let people take care of me. Scoot takes such good care of me. What's a little thing he does that like, does he make you a sandwich after a blow job? Like what's, <laughs> <laughs> what's the little thing he does that like maybe he someone does, who's listening. He does so many and he really does because he's such a thoughtful person. But like when I fly, he knows how much I, how I eat really, really healthy. And I'm the type, if I go to the airport without food for the plane, I will eat the whole airport. Like I'll be like, oh, <laughs> Sparrow, like let's get chicken nuggets, like whatever. So Scoot makes me like uh, meals for the plane. And it's so like perfectly packaged it's like the most healthy meal ever like there's a fork in there with the salad dressing set aside you know like whatever so he does that cooking for us every night he sets up we love to eat on a tv tray in bed sets it up and if we don't eat in bed we eat in front of the tv on our cop we have two beautiful uh tables like eating tables in our house one has 12 chairs the other has eight we've never ate at the tables we ate there twice like we've had people come over so um he sets up beautiful places like our house is just so cozy and he makes it really cozy can you send me the link to the tv tray because i saw kathy hilton eating on a tv tray with kyle richards at her house and she made it look so fucking fabulous. Did you see that scene? Yeah, I did. I am so obsessed with Kathy. And I uh, know Kathy from before the show. And it was funny when I heard that she was going to be on the show. I was like, is she going get, to get to be herself? Because she is the best kind of person on her. I've never laughed so hard with somebody in my chair. Like, she makes you laugh so hard. She's fucking rad. I mean, the woman's loaded. She could be a bitch. She could be so shut down. She's so warm and whatever. So when I saw her on the show, I was like, hell yes. Like everyone's getting to see exactly what she liked. She's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I'll give you the I'll give you the stuff for our I need tray. a TV tray. This we have trays all over the place. I have some really like fabulous, cool ones. Um, and then we have some just like sturdy ones that just work really well. Patricia sent me the link to her her white wicker. I'll send you the link oh. to this. Sully and something where you put your newspapers in on the side and oh. your egg coddler and your butler ringer. <laughs> I mean, Patricia is my woman. Kathy Hilton and Patricia, in my mind, is who I'm going to be later in my life. And so when I saw the TV trays, I, like, I screamed. Because so, like Scoot always, when when Kathy's talking on TV, he's like, you and Kathy are the same person. Like you guys are the exact same person. I'm like, I am. I'm like an old woman. Um, but when I saw Patricia's bathtub, because I take a bath every single day, but her bathtub with all the products around, I mean, that's heaven to me. She lives the life. I, in her caftan? Oh. And it is kind of nice. It's inspo. Like, 
if Michael and I ever get divorced or like I kill him or something like to, to just be single in my caftan with my egg coddler and a butler uh, making me a martini at five o'clock. Like that is such inspiration. That's why you work so hard now that later, like I really, I want to have a good old fashioned retirement. Like I want to check out, like when people talk about like, oh, what am I going to do after this? I'm like, I'm going to do nothing. I am literally <laughs> going to watch Housewives all day long, reruns of my favorite show. I mean, I say that, but I love to work and I'm such a hustler. I'll always have like projects going on, but I want to have a real old fashioned retirement. Like I want to be on a beach somewhere, taking baths multiple times a day. So working Patricia out outside. Made, yeah, she made it happen. Doing all the things. I want to know more about your business. Talk about your business on a day to day, how you're involved, what's going on with DP Hugh. Tell us all the things. So now the business, you know, um, it's wild because uh, COVID kind of changed everything. We're doing all these Zoom calls, phone calls. I try to be involved with as much as I can, but I really do have so many things going on. So I'm involved with all of the like, what products are coming out next. I talk to our marketing team all the time and kind of see where it's happening. Um, but we're at a place where the business is happening. It's just kind of rolling. And it's not like, you know, back when I was in the DP Hugh house, I had my hands in so many things and I was doing so many things. And I was also doing all of my clients at the time, so doing house calls and stuff. But now it's a bit more manageable, but it feels more stressful in a different way, if that makes any sense. Like I'm on a lot of phone calls now, listening to numbers and talk, and I don't live, I don't love that. You know, I, I'm sure like you probably do, Michael, like maybe numbers get you excited. I'm, I want to be out and creative and I want to like entertain and talk and um, all that kind of stuff. So that's- Yeah, you, you want to be more of like a face. Yeah, I, I fully yeah, get it. Yeah, but I, I also think it's not just a face. I think that you're a visionary. No, I'm a visionary and I'm also like, I- um, It does a disservice to the business to have you be the guy that's crunching the numbers. Like that's no, not, every, that's not your best Every time strength. I'm sitting on phone calls, like our exec team and I, and we're at a place in our business where I love everyone. We have such a good team. Everyone is passionate. They work really hard. They're invested in the company. But a lot of times when I sit on calls, I'm just kind of like, this is a waste of my time because I already trust my team. You know, I think it's I, a mistake that people, especially founders, make in businesses later. Like you start off, you kind of have to do everything because it's just you and your small team. But as it grows, they start to think they still need to do everything. Do all those things. When it's like really like your strength is being the talent, being the creative, being the face. Like that's, yeah. that's how you're going to best serve the business and getting you on some accounting call is... I mean, you should be aware, but yeah, you be it's a, aware. It's a yeah. not a good use of your time. So that kind of stuff is kind of hard for me, and I don't, I don't love that part of it. Um, but the business is good. All of our products, um, you know, I was a colorist for so many years, and all those years in the salon, I would listen to women's complaints all day long, and I really listened. And there's so many things that were missing in the hair world, especially with color. So all of our products take care of issues that women would have with their hair color fading, things turning brassy, things turning yellow, uh, color not being as bright. So all of our products take care of those different issues. We have so many different cover uh, products now that take care of covering gray hair, whether it be permanent or temporary. So all of our products have like a specific purpose. And then we are starting to come out with, um, I could talk about it here, but we're coming out with all uh, styling products that are good for hair color. What people don't realize, and this will be massive when people start to understand it. When I was doing all this like beautiful blonde hair in LA, it would look beautiful the day they'd leave the salon. You go out and you start using all these products that you don't even realize dole out your color, make things yellow, you know? Like I remember there's be certain clients that I like, Miley Cyrus, when she was platinum, it'd be platinum. But if she goes out and she uses any weird products that they have certain perfumes in or certain, like, do you remember Moroccan oil when it first came out? Don't even start me on it that. It was like it bright. It, yeah, it was orange. So it makes everyone's blonde hair orange. So all these people were like, why is my hair brassy? And the colors were getting blamed for it. 
So anyways, styling products are massive for hair color. So I'm making the best. We've been really working on this because I want them to be the best styling products that you can get, but they won't affect your color. They won't make it fade. They won't turn it weird colors. So we're coming out with that. And I'm super passionate about that because that's where the damage happens. I after. am a huge fan of your apple cider vinegar shampoo and conditioner. If you guys were to start with one product, that would be my recommendation. What would you say your recommendation would be? It would be the, so the Ace, we have the apple cider vinegar shampoo, the soothing shampoo, and then we have the ACV rinse. I really, really believe. Oh, excuse me. I said, I said conditioner. It's rinse. Yeah. So Sorry. We have the rinse. Okay. So what it is like, my biggest thing is I think that we have all been taught to over shampoo, over shampoo our hair. We don't need to shampoo our hair all the time. Our hair should take care of itself. You should be able to go. People get so grossed up. You should be able to go like seven days without washing Two your weeks hair. yesterday. Yeah. Because people, when you're sudsing up your hair every single day, you're stripping all the good stuff out. Then mo most people go and they blow dry their hair. So it's like a double do. But you have sh shorter hair. I'm not worried no, no, about I don't, you. I, well, well, I don't know any of this, but I will tell you, I only wash my hair like every seven to 10 days. People might be grossed out. I mean, I obviously get it wet and change it, but I feel like I don't need to wash Which it product would you give to him? The rinse? The rinse. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like, um, I feel but like you, you need the natural kind of like oils in your hair. Yeah, you definitely do. It's the weirdest thing in the world that we like suds up and soap up our our, our scalp. Our, our body should know how to take care of itself, you know? Uh, so anyways, the ACV rinse is the most gentle way to clean your hair without using shampoo. So I say everybody get the ACV rinse right away and start to alternate your shampoos because shampooing the hair is where all the damage happens. People think that it's like, you know, um, styling definitely adds to it. But if you're sudsing up your hair every day, rinsing out, you are drying your hair out. You're taking out the good oils that are protecting the hair. So I want everyone to pull back from shampooing so much. So the ACV rinse is amazing. And we just came out with the ACV rinse light for anybody who has really fine hair or they don't want their hair to be weighed down. It's the same exact uh, product, ACV rinse, but it's a light version. So it won't like weigh the hair down because it makes your hair really, really soft. The best thing about you is that you were a practitioner before you launched your business. You were in the chair, like you said, talking to women, finding out what was wrong. And so you got to collect all this information that you wouldn't have had access to. Yeah. And I think that for me, you know, like I have every reason to be exactly where I'm at. I've put the time in. I've worked really, really hard. I didn't just say, oh, I want to start a product line. I just started. Like I have all the years. I know what people complain about. And I could never just put out another shampoo, you know, and put my fragrance on it and then put my name on it. That never interests me. And uh, when this all very first started, my partner Donna came to me with this idea and we kind of started to collab together. But it was at a time where when you, first, when you start doing something like Jennifer Aniston, everyone wants to make a product with you. So like right when I started doing like Jennifer, Miley, Gwyneth Paltrow, those kind of girls, all these people come to us and they're like, we want to make a product for you and we want to put the name on it. And it's so generic. Like, here's just the mold and you put your name on it. And I was like, I could never do that. I couldn't be passionate trying to sell that kind of stuff. So DPE was perfect for me. Like, I want my products to like have a purpose. I want people to use them for a reason. And I want to stand out against all other products so that I can talk about it passionately. Otherwise, I couldn't. You also, since we just had her on, have a collab with Kristen. Can you talk about the blonding thing? That looks amazing. Yeah, so uh, it's the coolest product in the world. And for women who need this, it's a game changer. So when you get your hair really, really blonde, you leave the salon. It's bright. It's beautiful. But then you go wash it in your shower. And we have crap in our shower. So the water builds up on your hair and it doles out the blonde. Uh, or you travel like New York water, way different than LA water. When my sister first moved to New York, she had really blonde hair and it turned like this brassy, weird orange color. So Kristen and I created this product because Kristen travels so much and she's always working. So she needs her color to look bright. 
it's a powder. It's the brightening powder. And it pulls those impurities off of your hair and makes them bright again without having to go back to the salon. Um, and that's been like a massive thing for us uh, because hard water is a real thing. We don't even realize that the pollution in the air, if you spend a week in uh, New York, like your hair color changes because there's so much pollution in the air. So this kind of gives you a refresh without having to go and use bleach at the salon. Does that, that make sense is, how I explained it? That makes so much sense. That is amazing. Because you know how it gets like dingy right away? You leave the salon, and it's really, really blonde. But then a few weeks later, it's, it's kind of dull. And it's not because the color is messed up. It's like stuff that's happening to your hair out in the environment. So this product pulls out all that off and makes it really bright again. Like it's a trip. Like you look like you got highlights again. Michael's head of hair is pretty amazing. Would you has, say? Yeah, incredible. Good, I'm like huh? waiting for that hairline to thin out. It, it hasn't just won't. thinned. Yeah. I inspect it every night. Here's a hot tip. And you probably already know this. What I'm making him do is microneedle his scalp. Okay, well, what I was just going to say, so uh, we have a product, the ACV Scalp Scrub. So it has like Himalayan uh, scrubs. I can uh, use this? Yeah. And I'll use I, it. So I swear, you guys, like my two brothers, they won't listen to this podcast probably. What do you my, mean? They're, they're not going to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> my sister will, my brothers probably won't. But both of my brothers, like really fine hair at the temples. I have the thickest head of hair and I swear it's because I scrub my scalp. People don't realize that you have to wake up your scalp to keep it growing. Lots of guys, I'm wearing a hat today because I gave myself really bad highlights on accident. But um, you have to wake up your scalp all the time. Like guys who wear hats all the time, your scalp kind of like dies and then your hair starts to shed and you lose it. If you wake up your scalp constantly with something like the ACV scrub or the microneedling. Well, I um, use it like a gnarly brush too. Like, not like a Yeah, like a I brush one. out my hair every day yeah, like, like I, and scalp. really hit the scalp. Like you have to wake it up. Like women, they're constantly playing, pulling their hair, combing through it. But people don't realize that like a scalp that kind of goes to sleep like a guy's, that's where the head, hair starts I got a small shed. head. I look like a freak without hair. That <laughs> is such an amazing product that it's a scrub because you're so right. It like dry brushes your scalp. Exactly. I scrub my, so I do it at least every week. I make sure that I do. But on Sundays when I'm in the bath, I scrub the crap out of my scalp. And then you let the ACV sit. So it's the ACV scrub. So it has the apple cider vinegar in it. But that on your scalp is so good for your pores and everything. But then the scrub, you get all that gunk off we put products in our hair it all like clogs the pores that also makes your hair shed it makes you lose hair you have to wake up your scalp you have to clean it a lot of people don't think about their scalp scalps are nasty all my years doing stuff in the salon when i would go through like people were like oh my god my hair's so dirty like i can't believe you're looking at it and i was so like desensitized to it that nothing freaked me out but you know what's gross women who use dry shampoo every single day it's like uh, just a film of like crust Ugh. on their scalp because they're just adding dry shampoo all the time. You have to get that off your scalp at some point. Just the regular little shampoo is not going to take that off. You have to go in there and scrub those products off of your scalp. This brings me to a perfect segue. We are going to have Justin on the Get the Fuck Out of the Sun podcast where I'm going to be asking you 600 questions about the scalp <laughs> and the skin because you're so right. It does get overlooked. Before you go, can you leave our audience with a book, a podcast, a resource, a Netflix series, a reality television show that oh you think goodness. everyone needs to be watching? You can do all of them, whatever you're doing. Oh, I love to like be really thoughtful with these things. Um, and you sprung that on me. I know you're watching a reality show. Kristen said White Lotus, which I'm loving. Oh, I love White Lotus so much. It was so freaking good. Uh, but no, I watch all the Housewives. If you don't watch Potomac, you have to watch it. People don't realize the that best. Potomac is the best. Because the dynamic and the history is so much deeper than just they're all trying to be friends. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like they... Um, 
Yeah, you nailed it. Exactly that. They have lots of different twists and exactly turns. That. and But Potomac. the book that I would say, I said it before on your guys' podcast, and I, stayed, I just read it again a couple months ago, but I still stand by Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think that everybody out there who's thinking about money or wants like a simple way to break down money, um, I get so bummed that people don't teach us in school like how to save money and make money. I think our country- We've been talking like, a little bit more about- Hold on, you guys have to just spin off for like two minutes on this because <laughs> Michael, we just had a finance guy on and people we love Ramit, this subject. Ramit Sadi on the podcast. We talked, yeah, and I did one, like, listen, I'm no expert, but just I, I think it's that's, the, the episodes have been received really, really well and I didn't realize they would be, especially for this show. And I think it's because there's so many young people that just don't get proper education on how to think about money, manage finances, like Michael save, read Tony, Robinson, uh, Tony Robbins' book on money and it changed our life. Was that mm-hmm. one? I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad a long time ago. There's like, you know, Richest Man in Babylon. There's a lot of like books like, I just think that the, the, the problem is, is that I realized I had to go read all these things because nobody ever taught me. Nobody like you can ever... go to college and get an economics degree, right? But like nobody really teaches you just like basic household money management. I don't believe in conspiracy theories and I don't really like even go into those conversations very much because it's just like a dead end. You know, it just keeps like going. Over. But I do believe that like somebody out there likes the fact that we're all in debt. Sure, and we because, don't know how use, to, because, because then we're, we're dependent. You know yeah. what I mean? And for me, and people it's don't like, understand interest. Yeah, I want my own money. And when people look at me like, oh yeah, well, of course he's made money. He worked with all this. I didn't make ton- my money off of going to Jennifer Aniston's house for highlights or going to Miley. You know, it's like, Mine was about saving money, buying real estate at 24 years old in West Hollywood, where it's the most expensive and like learning how to flip that into other things. Also living below your means. You know, I wasn't the hairdresser that right when I started making money, I bought a BMW or a Mercedes, you know, it's like, so those kind of things you got to think one line. There's a book you might like by Morgan Housel. It's called, I think it's called the psychology of money. And like one of the main lines he says is rich is what you see. Wealth is what you don't see. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. And I think like once you understand money, once you understand money, didn't and you leverage, feel that Nantucket? Nantucket's oh. wealthy. Oh shit! It's yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they're all driving those beat up old like cool Land Cruisers and stuff like that. But you're like, oh, that bitch has money. She's carrying that little like uh, Apple Watch. Fucking <laughs> Apple Watch. I'm like, the LA can suck a dick. Apple Watch. You know, like just like totally like I no like, label. I love jewelry and clothes, and I'm such a gay man that way. On Nantucket, I'm like, okay, you need to calm down with the jewelry. <laughs> Take some of that. Like these people are actually. You don't rich. need 14 more. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a real thing. I mean, when you talk about like really wealthy people don't show it off, you know? I think there's a different, like, and I think like that's the biggest thing is people don't understand the difference between rich and wealthy. And rich usually means that you're financing something that there's a payment and that there's an interest, right? Like wealth is like, there is no leverage, right? Like you have, like you have actual wealth, right? So you could be somebody that like, who's richer, somebody that lives with zero debt and owns all their assets free and clear as someone with a huge mortgage and a huge car payment, totally. right? Like they may look rich, but they are Well, not and we're wealthy. so off now because we see everything on reality shows and social media. It's all about money and showing off and stuff. But um, it's so easy to look like you're rich, by the way. And these people, I remember one of my clients in LA, she was like the biggest divorce attorney. I feel like I've told you guys this story before, but she said to me one time, she's like, Justin, everyone is faking it in this city. She's like, because I see the finances when people go through divorces. And she's like, there'll be people with like Bentleys and Rolls Royces. And she's like, and we go to split everything up. I'm like, you have no money. Like, where is, and it's like- You have a lot of payments. Yeah, that you have freaks a lot me of out more than anything. That freaks me out. That just seems like, 
anxiety at all times to me. Yeah, you, you want to you work towards not having obligations to make payments, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to actually own things. For People, me, and that small dick energy when you're just doing all that stuff. It's like, who are you trying to impress? Like, no, no one cares. No one cares. No, <laughs> no. one cares what kind of car you drive. I don't think well, anyone the wrong cares. people care too. Like, right. do you want those friends? I mean, I had them in LA. I had to leave that for all that. You know, it's like, yeah, you are so. But I like nice things. I don't want to say that too actually. Like, I I'm like above, nice things I love too. nice things, but I want to own them. You, you know? know what I like the most though? Autonomy and freedom. Mm-hmm. That's what I like the most. And yeah, that's what I've realized. People, whenever people talk about success or what does success mean to you, to me, it's uh, freedom. Like I, everything I do is because I want to be free later in my life to do whatever I want. You want to be in bed with your tray, with your egg coddler, getting your martini. Exactly. I love that book recommendation. Where can everyone find you? Can we do a DP Hugh giveaway? Yeah, I absolutely can. The code is skinny 20 and you can go to dphugh.com to use it. dphugh.com to use it. Um, yes. And then on Instagram, I'm Justin Anderson. Justin Anderson Color is all of my hair stuff. And then dphugh is the product. And to win a couple of dphugh products, maybe you can include that scalp massager. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on Justin's Instagram. At Justin Anderson. Follow him. Follow dphugh. Super easy to enter. And we hope you guys love this episode. If you love Justin as much as we do, go listen to the other two episodes he was on. You can come back anytime. Thank I love you. being here. You guys are the best. Thanks, Justin. So much I'm so fun. glad we got to do this. Giveaway with DP Hugh. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest post at Lauren Bostick and make sure you're following at DP Hugh. You can always go to at Justin Anderson too and tell him what you loved about this episode. He is giving you guys all of his favorite products from DP Hugh. Super easy to enter. I hope you love this episode. And you can go to dphugh.com and use code SKINNY at checkout for 20% off. They're hooking you up. I hope you guys loved it. Make sure you listen to Justin on Get the Fuck Out of the Sun. Like I said, we talk about pubes, baldness, and skin secrets. <laughs> 